You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can follow us on Twitter at FFBallBlast and... At BallBlastEm. We are a proud part of the Fantrax Podcast Network. If you have not yet, please hit that subscribe button. Give us those five-star reviews. We were... Uh, we are, sorry, correction. We are currently featured on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. Holy Moses! I'm pretty excited about that. I'm so excited about that. I feel like at 10 episodes, we've had some pretty decent guests. I mean, Jason Moore, no big. No big. Matt Harmon, eh, you know, whatever. Nothing special. Nothing special, you know. I'm kidding. They were very special guests. <laughs> In case you did miss our last episode with Matt Harmon, we will be promoting a very special contest in the month of June. Every time you're active and sweating up a storm, I don't care if it is mowing the grass i don't care if it's walking the dog or your cat recording your podcast in our attic because we are sweating <laughs> think, speaking of blasting balls my balls are blasted does this, by this is hurting out because i'm sitting here yeah we're gonna post our sweaty selfies that's what you're gotta do you gotta post your hashtag sweaty selfies and every single time you do it counts as an entry towards a fitbit versa light to help you keep being active i love our fitbits Oh, we're obsessed with them. I upload my steps about 70 to 75 or 80 to 90 times a day. Yeah, she's a lot crazier than me. But oh, you also get a lot more some, steps than me. So I'm like, yeah. Challenge me in some steps. I don't like losing at things. So I'm like, you know, I just don't want to upload today. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if, if you, I don't upload, I don't lose. That's totally how it works, actually. But anyway, we have got a very good show for you today. Last week, we talked about our wide receiver surprises for 2019. This week, we got some running backs. Running backs are my favorite. I love running backs. Favorite They're- position. Favorite. I love to draft them. It's so hard to do the whole, like, who's going to get the targets? Who's going to? I, I just feel like it's more fun to predict rushing attempts than it is target shares it's just a little bit easier yeah and you know i just the whole zero running back approach it stresses me out i love to have an elite running back on my team i feel like that makes such a difference anxiety yeah it makes such a difference that the years i win and the teams i win with i feel like i have that christian mccaffrey that ezekiel elliott that back in the day was marshawn lynch like they just bring you those titles i love me some running backs oh my my favorite titans running back Marco Murray. Oh my goodness, he was so good there. He was so good. <laughs> Even in, uh, with Tennessee for that one year, that year in the Dallas year, goodness, owning him was so much fun. It was so much fun. But we've got a fun show for you today, so let's let's get into some news and notes. <laughs> this just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Michelle, we never root for an injury. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. ever. 
Mm, I, okay, we don't. But like, if Burf, when Burfitt got hurt, were you really like, were you really I wasn't crying? Crying? Yeah. No. If Tyreek Hill gets hurt, would you really be upset? Stop it! Okay. Okay, All okay. right, we I'm just done. put a jinx forever on our podcast. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. For the rest no, of we our do podcast. not root for injuries ever, 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 ever. Chris Carson with a knee injury had a cleanup procedure. Per Pete Carroll, he should be ready for training camp. Yeah, but does that matter? I don't think it does, and here's why. I just, I think what hurt Rashad Penny last season was his unavailability during OTAs and training camp. Actually, I think he was there for OTAs. I think he was out for training camp because of of uh, a broken thumb, I think it was, that was surgically repaired. He missed out on the first team reps with Russell Wilson. He missed out on time to work with the playbook. He missed out on just eyes on his work. And guess what? Guess who's getting all those team reps? Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. I understand that uh, Pete Carroll says that he'll be back in three weeks, right? He'll be ready for training camp. Okay, but Pete Carroll's the king of coach speak. He's the king of everyone is great. Everyone is fine. All injuries are great. Doug Baldwin, you're going to be, he's going to be amazing. He'll be ready for week one. He's going to kill it. He's so ready. He's a hundred percent healthy. Do you know who Pete Carroll reminds me of? Who? That, that gif of that dog with the little top hat sitting in a room that's completely on fire that says, this <laughs> is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think Chris Carson will be plenty fine for the start of the season. But you know what? I think he's going to miss out on some, definitely the OTAs. I could see him missing out on some training camp. That That's going to hurt him. Like you just said, Rashad Penny is going to see all of the work and coaches see that if he can just shine and he can show himself I love it for Rashad Penny and the Seahawks I feel like they're all about sort of that week-to-week competition like you don't get the job just because it's your job you have to earn the job on a week-by-week basis these are opportunities that Chris Carson misses out on to earn the job and I know everyone hates when I say this but Rashad Penny was a first-round pick. And I'm not saying he's going to be good because he's a first-round pick, but he will get the opportunity to show what he can do because he was a first-round pick. You can't just sit your first-round pick yes. on the bench. If he shows, if he like they give him the opportunity and he blows, I get it. They're going to play Chris Carson over him. But I'm saying if they give him the opportunity, Rashad Penny is not going to blow. They're going to give him the opportunity as a first-round pick. He will get his chance, and I think, could you just see, you know, like this offseason, they're like, oh, Chris, maybe you're a little bit more hurt. (laughs) Maybe you should sit for a couple more weeks. Was that not what the Ravens did to Joe Flacco? Yeah. They They, were like, they they gave him his time. Like, they were like, you know what? We want Joe Flacco back as healthy as possible. Let's just play Lamar a little bit longer. A little bit longer was the rest of the season, and that's not what's going to happen with Chris Carson, but... Again, it's a matter of if Rashad Penny shows something in camp, why would you rush Chris Carson back? Yeah, take your time, you know, heal take up. Take your time. And then it just lets Penny show what he can do even more and more. Uh, I think one of the biggest reasons why we love Penny is because Chris Carson can't stay healthy. I he mean, really can't. If he goes down, that is Penny's time to just completely take over. And I think if he takes over, he's not losing his job. And Rashad Penny, he he's definitely grown. If you watch that 
YouTube video, which I don't know if we ever posted that, but I can't remember um, if I did. It was literally a timeline from early season Rashad Penny carries to late in the season Rashad Penny carries. They look like different football players. Completely different. He had no balance. He had no strength. It looked like like literally he trip was, over a shoestring. He was tripping by a fingernail. He was tripping. <laughs> and it was like I just I was watching this. I was like, geez, am I too high on Rashad Penny? And then it keeps going game to game to game. And he gets he's, stronger. His so balance stronger. is amazing. He's involved in the passing game. I understand the stats don't show that he grew that much but if you just watch him the way he plays he made tremendous growth in his first year and that's something i love to see absolutely Deshaun right. Watson. is that enough penny talk <laughs> yes we can move on to my next guy <laughs> deshaun watson says they need to get kiki qt the ball he's playing with more confidence and looks a lot faster it's your man. Oh. Kiki Cootie is your man i've loved kiki Cootie. i think that people are sleeping on the Texans, and I know they're like a hot team right now. I still feel like they're sleeping on the Texans. They have not done squat to improve their rushing game whatsoever. Um, but you know what they have? They've got killer passer weapons. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, who I think has the best hands in the league. You've got Will Fuller, who is a um, go-route, deep threat kind of guy who's got tremendous touchdown upside. And then you put Kiki in the slot. Holy Moses. I know that Will Fuller will be coming back, hopefully healthier, but he's coming off an ACL. Like you don't you don't necessarily come back under full speed after coming back from an ACL. You don't I feel like we talk about so many ACLs all the time. Yeah, we do. And the issue is like we we want to give Will Fuller his well due respect. You know, but I at the same time, he can't play more than eight games. Like, it's like, are we ever going to see him play a full season? Because if we do, he's going to be awesome because he is so good when he's on the field. And he's got rapport with Watson. He they've got a really good quarterback wide receiver relationship. But I also want to point out the fact that Kiki being on the field more might have had something to do with Will Fuller. But they also play very different roles. Kiki's a slot guy. He works the middle of the field. Will Fuller is not a slot guy. So the two of them can coexist in the same universe where you use Kiki in the like short midfield game and then you just go deep for Will Fuller. I can see that. They can coexist. I think Deshaun Watson's going to have an awesome year. Um, He was injured last year. He's my running back too. He's your running back because that would be crazy. Or is he your quarterback, too? (laughs) No, he's going to be right up there for me, too. I haven't completely finished my quarterback um, stats yet, but he's either two or three for me. And like we were talking earlier, he had a collapsed lung. He was playing with a collapsed lung. And I feel like people don't notice it because you don't you can't witness a collapsed lung. You can't see a collapsed lung limping off the field. But if anybody has asthma here, you know how terrible it is to not be able to breathe. That was Deshaun Watson. He played through it. So imagine another year coming off of his ACL, another year acclimating to the offense. He's still so young. I actually, I'm not sure if I've been high enough on him this offseason. I completely forgot about the collapse lung until we were just talking about that earlier. That's insane. I mean, he is a runner too. He scrambles around. That cannot be easy. No, I run for like... 
12 his, yards and i'm like good that God. could have been a really big reason why he was sacked what one million times last year yeah like he can't breathe he can't run away maybe as fast because he literally can't breathe that's super interesting to go look i want to go look back into that but yeah i mean i like kiki but i will say he'll be better in 2020 because kate is always one year ahead of wide receiver breakouts. I really am. Adam Thielen and Devontae Adams were her guys, like well before there were anything. Well, not well before, one season before there were anything. <laughs> she was calling the breakout, calling the breakout, calling the breakout. And you and know it what? just they, didn't come. They didn't come the next year. So she looked wrong. But the following year, it was massive. So um, Kiki Cootie in 2020, 2020. And now Kaelin Cole this year because you're calling Kaelin Cole last year. So yes. it's going to happen this year. All right. And if it happens this year, I'm done. I'm like, what do we do? (laughs) I don't know anymore. (laughs) I don't know. Kyle Rudolph was offered a five-year extension with the Vikings. Not signed. They didn't come to terms. Does this hurt Irv Smith Jr.? Uh, I don't know. I vote no. I vote no, too. I think. If they do the extension, I can't imagine it's for a ton of money. Kyle Rudolph was not used a ton last year. Um with He's Kirk a Cousins. very good NFL tight end. Yes. He's a good blocker, but I also think that they've got enough other weapons right now that they can focus more on her, him being as a blocker. I, I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's going. I don't think Irv Smith Jr. is really going to do much this year. Uh, but if he can be used more in the passing game, I think they would like to get someone athletic out there. Use him more in the passing game. Kyle Rudolph can still be that blocking tight end that can definitely be involved in the passing game or in and the he red has zone. Touchdown upside. Yeah, exactly. And the red zone, maybe like a Cameron Brait type. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, OJ Howard. OJ Howard is rookie season. More of a yards do that guy. Much. Yeah. So I think Irv Smith Jr. can still be really well utilized. Just uh, not in his rookie year, but nobody really expected that. I think the only two tight ends you would ever want in redraft that you would take a chance on are TJ Hawkinson and Noah Font, Fant. But I'm not going to even take the chance on Fant. Maybe Hawkinson. Greg Olson is medically cleared for all football activities. For three games until he gets hurt again. It's just this foot. How many times can you re-injure your foot? He's Foot injuries are the devil. And, you know, the issue is that I hear that wide receivers, uh, I'm sorry, tight ends have to run on their feet. Just a little bit, yeah. Uh, Just un poquito. Um, It it just, I don't count on him having a full season. And you know what? He wasn't that productive when he was actually playing. So we love Ian Thomas. I don't think it's a secret to anyone. And I, we all understand, or we all, you and me, understand that Greg Olson will be no, back. All, all of us. All of we us. all understand this. Greg Olson will be back, but they have, the Panthers have two decisions to make. Do they play Greg Olson 80% of the time, right? Okay. And then that sucks for Ian Thomas. But Greg Olson is going to get hurt by game three. He cannot handle that many snaps right now. He's just not healthy enough for that. So then that's good for Ian Thomas after week three. Or they can split the snaps, give Greg Olson some more rest. And then that's great for Ian Thomas as well. So I'm all in on Ian Thomas this year. It it might take some time. So don't even draft him. Just pick him up in the waiver wire a couple weeks in. I think that's where I'm at too. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was detained after some sort of squabble with a security guard outside of a music festival. I believe it was in Las Vegas. Doesn't really matter. But Zeke, please stay out of trouble. Dude, it just is not a good look. 
these I, guys that pop up in the news. I don't like it. The only reason I would be somewhat nervous if I owned him is that, you know, he's already had this history with the NFL, with whatever was going on with his girlfriend, with the the I'm violence just... there. So, I mean, there is some history there. You have to be worried that the NFL will take this a little bit more seriously just because of that. I still don't think anything will happen. It's just something to keep your eye on. Yeah. If he did get one to two game suspension, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I feel like they are a bit harsher on people with a history. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the video. I think you did. I do, it's just not. The video is not that bad. But again, if it was against a woman, it would be terrible. So that's where I don't know where the NFL stands right now. Are they going to take it just as seriously when you do violence against a guy or just a girl? Because if you push on a girl, he'd be suspended for eight to a whole season. Not long after this news, there was also a piece on Roto World about uh, the fact that Zeke is working on a contract to make him the highest paid running back in NFL history with Dallas. Is this like a buy low moment for him with this news or do you feel like anybody's really taking this seriously? Listen, if you can go, go try. I mean, if someone's scared right now, just go try it out because I wouldn't sell him for low. I wouldn't either. Even even a slight discount. I'm not even selling for a 1% discount. I'm still keeping him at the same value. He's a top tier dynasty running back. Yeah, top three dynasty running back. I am not selling him for cheap. But if you can go get him for even a 10% discount, go get him right Oops. now. I would do it. Do you want to get into some running backs? Let's do it. But first, let's get into a word from our sponsor. That boy sure is a running fool. We've got a few running fools that we want to talk about here. So we have completed our running back rankings for the 2019 season. Um, Correction, projections. So we we statted each player out line by line um, to, to give our fantasy projections not necessarily a reflection of where we would take them in drafts, but uh, there have been some guys that we were kind of surprised about. Yeah, either that be they ended up a lot lower than we thought or a lot higher. All right. Who's your first guy? Marlon Mack. So he ended up a lot lower than I thought. Like, I thought I was pretty high on Marlon Mack this offseason. I statted him out, and he's my running back 25 in PPR. Where's he at for you? Marlon Mack. He is running back 19. I thought I was like fringe rv1 i did him yeah i really thought he was going to be somewhere in the 12 to 15 range and i was pretty shocked when he was running back 25 and it doesn't really have much to do with like not liking marlon mack but it has to do with um you know particularly in ppr formats you've got naeem hines there who shocked like shockingly absorbed so many targets last season yeah he had 81 targets last year i understand his biggest biggest targeted game was when marlon mack was out he had 11 targets but even in the games that he played with marlon mack he was on pace for 70 something targets like 77 i believe he's going to even get better and is like that was his rookie year i think Hines will even be more involved in the passing game at least listen if you like James White and if you like Tariq Cohen, there are so many truthers out there. You have to like Naheem Hines. He's in a great offense. He does exactly what they do. He's an RB3 for me, which I was, again, very shocked about. He is my running back 36 in full PPR formats. That's a flex play. 
I completely agree with you. He's right around that area for me as well. And I think that's the biggest issue when it comes to Marlon Mack is he's not going to see those targets. I mean, he was at 26 targets in 12 games last year. That's just not enough in PPR leagues to get him up to where you need him to be when he's competing against all those running backs that can do both. That's such a huge thing in today's NFL. Get you a running back who can do both. (laughs) But for real, that's what you need. Like an Aaron Jones, I'm much more less concerned taking Aaron Jones because he's involved in the rushing and passing game. We saw him do very well in the passing game when they actually used him in that role. Love him there. But Marlon Mack, I just I'm not excited about. I think he's going to do more on the ground. But the issue is the passing work, which we love PPR. Yeah. He just doesn't do as much in PPR as I thought he would. I, and and I, I have him having over 200 carries, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. Like, I have him doing pretty well on the ground. It's just I have him Where doing, else can you give him room? You yeah, really can't. You, I have him basically doing nothing in the passing game, 20, 20 receptions, if that, um, maybe even just 20 targets. So, And then even when you look at his rushing, like rushing stats Pure from rushing. last year. Yeah. He needed them to be killing teams to kill it in games, which I love Indy. I actually think they can kill teams this year, but that's the only games that he was actually elite. Like they had to be murdering teams and then he would get 20 plus attempts and he did awesome. But any game, even if they won by just a little bit, he really wasn't that involved. So if you look at Jacksonville last year, they won by three, 12 attempts, 29 yards. Uh, Jacksonville, they lost by six, eight attempts, 27 yards. Uh, Houston, they won by three, 14 attempts, 33 yards. Does go with the narrative of, you know, sort of grinding out that clock whenever you're you're up in a game. But at the same time, you would think that Marlon Mack should be a bigger part of their winning game plan. Yeah, even especially when games are close. Like I was going to say just one more. The Giants, they won by one, 12 attempts, 34 yards. Hmm. He's not involved when they're close games. And I, I, I get that he wouldn't be as involved if they got blown out, but that's kind of concerning when they're close games and he's not involved. Like he should still be involved. The only time he was truly elite is when they're killing teams and he had that 20 plus attempts. That's what he needs. I don't really know if that's what I want from a Marlon Mack that I have to take kind of early. He's going, he's not going late enough where I'm okay with that inconsistency and I'm banking on Indy to be blowing out teams every week. Yeah, not like somebody else that we'll be talking about later. All right, well, Uh, who's our next guy? Le'Veon Bell. All right, so we are the the resident Steeler fans. We are. But Uh, our hearts were broken. We may shock you here. We may shock you here. Um, We weren't the biggest fans of how Lev Bell left Pittsburgh. It just wasn't sort of a good... We're good vibes only people. Yeah. Right? I just felt he was a little dramatic. Like with it's Twitter that ruins people. The whole like he would just do like <sighs> subtweets basically, or be like, "Why are you coming back to Pittsburgh the week that you can, you know, the week that you can play again? The week just that everyone's basketball. saying you're in to play again, you leave Miami to come here. It's just for your attention. He's so attention needy. But I'm not going to get into that. We were both higher on him than we thought originally. I thought I was going to have him as like a low end RB one. Me too. Um, we both have them as the running back six in PPR formats. I was absolutely floored by this. I don't trust Adam Gase with a running back. He's sort of scared me a little bit. But when you pay 
Le'Veon Bell as much as you have paid him. And Adam Gase knows they overpaid him. They got to use them, right? Yeah, um, and it also just comes down to, like, who else do they have? Elijah McGuire and Ty Montgomery. They're not going to use them over over Le'Veon Bell. He'll, they'll get the random carries, you know, to spell Bell when he's tired. But Bell is going to see so much volume that and he, he can't see, be – he can't not be top six is really what it comes down to. It's all related to volume, and it's all about work in the passing game. I, Lev Bell is going to give Sam Darnold a – reliable short range target who can line up as wide out. He can line up um, just to do a little dump off the backfield. He's going to give him, um, I, I think he's going to pad Darnold's stats, but all of that is really great for PPR leagues and fantasy football. But can he make it a full 16 games? That's the biggest question. And I do have him getting less targets as well in that offense. It's not the same offense as the Steelers. I don't think Sam Darnold uses that you know, drop off as much or uses his running backs as much. To be fair, he hasn't had a guy like Lev Bell to drop for it sure, off to. For sure. We haven't seen enough of Sam Darnold to say that. I just don't trust the Jets offense to move the field as much. So I, I have him a little less. I still have him at 78 targets. Like that's plenty. 290 attempts. Like he's going to see a ton of volume and that's why I can't see him fail. Except for what you just said Injuries. I mean, that's going to be a big concern. He has not. So only in two seasons out of his now five, because he missed his six, did he play a full 16 games. And they were he did have the knee injury, which, as we know, with Todd Gurley, sometimes those can sort of creep back in. You might be a little more prone to injuries in the future. I love Lavelle this season, and I'm shocked by that. And He's not like this big touchdown guy. He's never been a touchdown guy. And I don't see um, like that's not where I get his upside in this offense. It's mostly the volume. And it's also just the fact that he's this pass catching back. I love it. I'll take it all day. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the injuries just because he sat out. Who knows if his body is still used to getting those hits. I I don't know. Like when when kids come out of college, there's a lot more. You're a lot more likely to tear a hamstring or at least hurt it a little bit. So I could see that lingering on this year or something happening to his hamstring. I hope not. I really do. Um, I'm not. I know upset. he's been training. We yeah. we've seen the handful of Twitter posts. I'm and- not upset with Le'Veon Bell anymore. I hope the best for him. I thought he was a little dramatic and a little needy for attention, but you know what? Yeah. If you're used to all that attention and in the NFL, and then you don't get it for a full season. I understand. Yeah, whatever. Darius Geis. We are both lower on him than we expected. I knew I was going to be low on him. I didn't know I was going to be this low on him. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so, tell us where you have him. I have him as my running back 28 in PPR. You even have him lower. <laughs> Do you want to share? I don't, but I have him as my running back 33. He is in his first season coming back from an ACL tear. Normally takes time to come back from these injuries. Again, I feel like all we talk about is ACLs. It's it seems like that, and I can see him having a year a lot like Delvin Cook. Um, hamstring injuries are more likely to happen after an ACL, so that could happen to him. I'm not saying it will. That could, and that's just a small part of it. Is his injury? It does take time to come back. He's never even played in the NFL, so not only does he have to learn to play against these defenses that are stronger, faster, meaner, take the bigger hits that he's not used to. He's used to the small, smaller college build. 
of so, defensive backs. He, of the he has to learn against tackles. that. He has to learn for that. And then also have to be worried about his knee. He has to have deal with all that recovery. And then that's just a small part of it. He still has AP and Chris Thompson there. Who they signed to a two-year extension. I, Which is I just weird. It is kind of weird. And he wasn't... Um, it's it's not like he was some super he wasn't even good. powerful old school AP. He was he was fine. He was a fine back, but they signed him to a two year extension, which tells me maybe he's not going to be ready quite as fast as we think he will be. And maybe they also anticipate that. He is going to need a little bit of time to acclimate to the NFL. Not only did they sign him to a two-year extension, they also went and drafted Bryce Love, who is was actually a really good running back in college. He's dealing with ACL tear, too. He's nothing to have to worry about in 2019, but in 2020, that's something to think about. Do the Redskins ever get rid of the injury bug? They don't. Do they, they, do love they just them some attract injuries. them ACL injuries? Yeah, they love them some injuries, and I know people will say, AP came back from his ACL and had a awesome year like one of his AP's best years a yeah. monster yeah and it's completely different AP's a monster that's an outlier like that's an outlier and also AP is you like he has been utilized in that way for years he knows how to take the hit he's everybody is bound to put on more weight and put on more muscle when you enter the NFL because that's generally speaking what it takes I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Christian Hulk McCaffrey and you know why he put on that muscle? Because he knows that's what it takes to take NFL hits. Yeah. If you do not put on the muscle and acclimate to the system, you are not going to last. You'll be squashed like a pancake. And it's just going to take guys time. Not to mention Chris Thompson is still there. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing out of this is that Chris Thompson and AP are still there and they both have their own role. So Chris Thompson the, is the pass catching guy. AP is that first, second down guy that can get the short yardage, can get the goal line work. And that's what scares me. So I do think, guys, at the end of the year, we'll have the most rushing attempts out of all three. It's just how much more is my real concern. Is he going to get goal line work stolen from him? Because that's going to suck. Like, if you own him, that's going to suck hard. And that's AP's game. He can be that goal line guy. Yeah. And then Chris Thompson is the pass catching guy. So is he going to get those taken away from him? Is he going to get the, those targets? And those Chris Thompson taken away? should be healthier this season than he was prior. Hopefully. I mean, he never is. So if Chris Thompson goes down, that will definitely help guys. But you can't ever assume injury. You can't. But it all of Unless this is sort Eifert. of... Yes. <laughs> I did actually... I think... Tyler Eifert might have been the only guy I actually statted out projecting injury, and I felt gross doing it. I'm sorry, Tyler. It, he was the only one. Ty, I didn't mean it. He was pretty much the only one in all my rankings and all my projections that I could not honestly do a full 16 games for. The history is just too robust. I'm sorry. It's too much. It's too much. Too much. All right. Our last guy. Do you want to talk about this one? I feel like you really love him lately. I do like just this in a couple weeks. Yeah, I've never actually been a huge uh, fan of this guy, but Devonta Freeman. Um, I statted him out for 230 carries, 1,267 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. Where he gets his gold, though, 70 targets, 56 receptions, one receiving touchdown for me. 
I really like some Devonta Freeman, and I was very surprised by that. I have him as my running back 11 in full PPR formats, and I wasn't super generous with the touchdowns. I have him as my running back 13. Uh, close enough. Yeah, it's close enough. I did know I liked him before doing this. It, he was he is higher than some people, though, that I really like. So I was kind of shocked at how high he was. But I feel good about him at running back 13 for um, 2019. And he's got the upside. So everybody wants to talk about his injury concerns. He has had three concussions since 2015. That is in and of itself concerning because one more blow to the head, it might be a a longer time out. Um, 2018 was just riddled with injury, ended up on the IR, had a knee bruise, a foot bruise, sports hernia surgery. He had it all. He's had a full off season to recover. I, I do feel like the concussions are my, my biggest concern, but I like I understand where it comes from, but prior to last year, he was actually not too bad. According to uh, Mr. Matthew Betts at the Fantasy PT, um, Mr. Injury Guy, he does also work with the FF Ballers. Um, he gave me a little bit of info about Freeman. So he did uh, sprain his PCL and MCL in 2017. The MCL is not a huge issue. The PCL does mean that he might be a little bit more prone to knee bruising in the future, but still sort of like one of those freak things i don't if the groin is fully healed if he can try to avoid that some of that knee contact injury i just i he's got so much upside i really like him with especially with tevin coleman gone he's going to get those targets like he did before tevin coleman was there uh they clearly trust him like in the draft they didn't take a running back and what they did they stacked their offensive line they took two offensive linemen in the first round they did and tevin coleman has um sort of usurped this pass catching role before tevin coleman was tevin coleman um in 2015 he had uh, devonta freeman had 97 targets for 578 yards and three receiving touchdowns that's so great. he came on he saw less targets, but guess what? That dude is gone. Ito Smith has not shown me anything that I'm excited about. I expect Devonta Freeman to take that role yeah, back. Everyone needs to stop with Ito Smith. If he wasn't a thing last year, he's not going to be a thing. He did have an opportunity, and you know what? He might take some of those goal line touches. But no, he's not. He was so, so bad. He was so, <laughs> so bad that we all wanted it. We all picked him up off the waiver wires. Don't pretend like you didn't. You did. I have him statted out for five touchdowns. I do what? think. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to need to talk about I that mean, later. He's, he's still my running back 51 with five touchdowns. But okay, so I did. that shows what I will be giving him in all other realms. I don't have him statted out for much else. I, I statted out 62 guys. I have Edo Smith with a question mark if I even want to stat him out because it will be so you bad. You should. No, I do. I do think, no. I think he's no. a viable flex play against a weak no. rushing defense. No. Um, their rushing offense in 2016, the Falcons, uh, ranked number five, 2017 ranked 13, and 2018 they ranked 27. Yeah, 27. You know who was a part of that one? Who? Ito Smith. Bazinga. I mean, I get Tevin Coleman wasn't that great either as a lead back, which was surprising. I think we all thought he was going to be better than he was. But Ito Smith was a big reason why they were the 27th 
rushing offense. And also they just were behind a lot of games. Their defense sucked. I am really excited. Their defense was injured. No, for Let's sure. give them that. I will give them that. And I am very excited for the Atlanta Falcons next year. I think their offense will be great. There's some crazy stat out there. Like, I don't even think they leave a dome for the first 12 weeks. I don't even know if that's possible. I'll have to look into that. But it's something crazy that they don't even leave a dome. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I love Matt Ryan, and I think he will pepper Devonta Freeman with those little targets. Julio Jones. Julio Jones, for sure. Helps open up that passing game. Yeah. And I love just this offense this year. I do, too. All right. We're going to get into uh, a couple of guys that we differ on a little bit. But first, I owe you guys a guys, little little something. We're very excited about this. So I won. I won in the debate last week. What What was the debate? Oh, goodness. I have to think about this. What did we <laughs> debate about last week? We debate about so many things. So I said that. Oh my god, guys, I really can't remember. <laughs> I thought I could talk myself into it. Michelle, it's Tyler Lockett. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, that makes sense. I'm so sorry. It, it I is just Tyler Lockett. I had a brain fart there. Yeah, we don't read off script. No. If that is any indication. Yeah. So yeah, Tyler Lockett. I totally won. <laughs> no, I totally won. Oh, like, like by a landslide. You won. Yeah, I'm good like that. No, everybody's a Tyler Lockett truther, and you will all burn. <laughs> all right, well, now Kate has to chug a beer. And we're going to do a full beer this time because last time we got made fun of for a half of one. And when I say we, Kate's going to do a full beer, I'm going to sit here and just watch her and laugh. Oh, okay. She opened it up, guys. She's going to pour. And while she pours, let's just, let's just discuss Aaron Rodgers. It was pretty funny. Ooh, look at that fizz. Hear that fizz. Get a room. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, like literally, I, I timed God, it. This beer does not seem standard size. Is this a it's standard? 12 ounces. 12, are you yeah, sure? Don't worry about it. It's 12 ounces. Okay. You're making the viewers, the viewers, not viewers. You're making the listeners think it's smaller. You should be like, this is 24 ounces. Oh my goodness. This is a 32 ounce beer. <laughs> it is still Michelob. Because it's a 40. We're still ladies. Even though we love us some IPAs. We do. Okay, so you uh, you did a little something with the Aaron Rodgers video. Yeah, what did so, you do? I just I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because that was really hard to watch. I hope that he had an IPA in his cup. You know, you don't for know. anybody who didn't see the clip. Um, I think it was the Milwaukee's Bucks game. Um, he tried to chug a beer to keep up with one of his offensive linemen, who literally took one sip and an entire beer was gone, and then did another one though right after that. Oh, he immediately yeah. he watched Aaron Rodgers struggle. So, yeah, I'm really hoping he had some strong beer in there that just looked light because it was light color. But you never know. You never know. But it was eight seconds and he still couldn't finish a full beer. So we're going to time you to see if you can beat the great old Aaron Rodgers. I am also elite. You are elite. I am. Okay, so pour it in. You have it. I got it. it. Oh, yeah, we heard it. You have it all the way. Fizz down. All right. Fizz down. All right, I'm going to start the timer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Oh, damn. Woo! Five seconds. <sighs> you killed Aaron Rodgers. That was a full beer. That was awesome. I'm dying. Yeah, you. that was Help. way faster than I ever <laughs> thought you were going to do. Help. I am uh, really impressed. Literally zero spilled down my shirt. I'm... <laughs> you did so good that though. was the worst moment of my life uh, well now i got you in a very uh a very 
vulnerable spot. I do feel vulnerable. Should, should I take advantage of you right now and kick your butt in this debate? No, I just want to talk about my feelings. Yeah, we're about to, and you're about to be wrong. Whew. All right, All let's right. get this going. All right, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little debate here. We're gonna talk about a, a guy who I actually like. Not as much as me. No, I do like him as much as you. I just don't tr- trust his coaching staff. That's fine. Who who are we talking about here? Do I feel tipsy already from that beer? <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't trust the coaching staff there. Mr. Carrion Johnson. I feel the need to preemptively defend myself and say that I love Carrion Johnson. Mm, well, your stats don't show it. Leave me alone. I'm going to give you the floor. You know what? I'm going to let you talk first because right. I feel like I have... St- a great argument. So I want I want you to go first. Go ahead. All right. Where is so, he at in your PPR rankings? Let's start there. In my PPR rankings, um, let's see. Carry on Johnson. He is running back nineteen, which is not super low. I'm not saying it's super low, but he's my running back eleven. So let me let me preface this again with the fact that Carry on Johnson is my running back nineteen for the sole fact that I do not trust Matt Patricia to give him the ball. Matt Patricia has already come out to say that Carrion Johnson will see limited carries, which is so ironic because it's his name, Carry On Carries. Yeah, he, that means he's going to get a lot of carries. No, that it does not. His mama can't just dictate the Lions' offense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna preface my argument on just the Detroit Lions as a whole. So Matt Patricia came from the. New England Patriots. I don't know. Have you ever heard of them? No, not really. No. no. Yeah, they're some they chump suck. team. Yeah, oh yeah, they're terrible. Um, they came from the New England Patriots, who know how to grind the ball. Um, they might not always be using the same running back to grind the ball, um, and that is my concern with Carryon Johnson. So you saw Legarrette Blunt get plenty of carries. Carryon Johnson was not a workhorse back. You did see increased workloads as the season went on. But the issue is that he only had three games with 15 or more carries. Ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. And then they come in. They sign C.J. Anderson. Can I ask you a question? You love C.J. Anderson. I do love so C.J. Anderson. Go ahead. I'm I was, still letting you have your floor. I was begging the Pittsburgh Steelers to sign C.J. Anderson before he went to the Rams. I thought he would have been... The perfect backup to James Conner. But no, no. You sign CJ Anderson to the Rams where he gets off his couch. He was literally watching football from his couch. Some direct TV red zone ish. Okay. Gets off his couch and just starts running for 5.4 yards per carry in Los Angeles. Yeah, and that went way down in the playoffs. He can't handle that workload and be that efficient. And he had an awesome line and an awesome offense. Like, let's not give C.J. Anderson too much credit. I just think that he is a significant upgrade to LeGarrette Blunt, And you didn't see LeGarrette Blunt disappear in that offense. He was still utilized a fair amount. He... 
I obviously used a lot more once Carrie Johnson was injured, but he was used a fair amount before he was injured. And then you upgrade that sort of other back to CJ Anderson, who I'm sorry, he's so much better than LeGarrette Blunt. I'll give you that. CJ Anderson's better than LeGarrette Blunt. Okay. If you, if you, as Matt Patricia, have concerns about Carry on Johnson's injury history, if you have concerns that he may not hold up with a significant workload, I think CJ Anderson is the perfect complement back, and I think that's dangerous for Carry on Johnson. I think Carry on Johnson is. Um, when I'm looking at talent wise, I think he's a top 14 NFL back, but guess what? I just don't trust the carry count. So I think CJ Anderson will see his carries for four carries a game. Like, I don't think he's going to see much more than that. Maybe he'll steal some goal like line work. Blunt saw more okay, carries than but that. I'm going to get into it. CJ Anderson will steal some work. I don't think he'll steal as much as LeGarrette Blunt only for the fact that carry on, his his most work was stolen at the beginning of the year. Like, he clearly wasn't trusted at the beginning of the year by Matt Patricia. I can see Matt Patricia being one of those guys like, rookies need a show that they're proven. Like, that's who he is because he's trying to copy Bill Belichick. Like, so hard. He just wants to be him so bad. But anyways. He's when, not. He's not. But when you watched the Detroit Lions, when Carrion Johnson got on the field, he was clearly the best back on that team, if not Agreed. the best player on that offense and it was hard to watch them take him out of the game he clearly kept drives alive and as soon as they put in LeGarrette Blunt, they Boom. died yeah it came to a full stop but he started to realize that like in week six he got 19 carries 158 yards and then yeah he went back down to eight because they're getting their butts kicked right in the first half 12 carries 14 carries 15 carries and then he got hurt which sucks but was even better before you interject here what was even better that i like to see is that he started getting involved in the passing game so in week seven eight receptions or sorry eight targets week eight five targets then six targets like he was getting involved in the passing game and that's what i like to see so not only was he getting more carries he was also seeing targets that's great for running backs we know that in the first five weeks of the year he was only seeing 50 percent of the snaps which is just ridiculous but after week five he never saw less than 50 percent he even got up all the way to 80 percent in week eight so I do think Matt Patricia was starting to realize, shoot, I need to play this guy. I don't want a workhorse back, but I think I have one. And then you know what happened? What? He was injured. He had a season-ending injury. It doesn't mean he's always going to have a season-ending injury. It does not, but, but recently Patricia said, regardless of carry-on, I think it's a position-specific thing where those guys, they take a lot of hits, right? Obviously, we want to win. That's the most important thing, but... You do have to look at the big picture and say, okay, great, we could win a couple now, but if we wear this guy out, it doesn't help us in the long run. Yeah, but he has to realize that giving him 15 carries isn't wearing him out. And when he gets those 15 carries, he's good. Like, he's so good. He just needs double-digit carries. He will see the targets. Like, he was starting to see them. That doesn't wear a running back out to see those targets in the passing game. I think he's going to be very involved there. That He's going to have a very nice floor, and I think he has a super high ceiling with his talent. Again, I like him. I think his ceiling is super high, but I think his floor is limited by the number of touches that Matt Patricia is willing to give him. And that freaks me out a little bit. I'm not that three games with less than 15 or I'm sorry, three games with more than 15 carries. 
I know the snap counts were trending in the right direction, but I don't trust Matt Patricia. He's already come out to say that Carrion Johnson will be limited. And I don't blame them. Look at what's going on with Todd Gurley right now. I, but I don't think he's back. going to be limited enough. So like week six through 10, he wasn't getting this insane amount of rushing attempts. Like I just said, 19, 8, 12, 14, 15. Uh, but he was involved in the passing game. But from week six to 10, he was on pace for 218 carries, 77 targets for a full season. I get it's a small sample size. It's only five games. But if you... Like, if you look at those, I wasn't even giving him all of that credit. So I'm giving him 225 rushing attempts, which is just a few more than what he was on pace for in those five games. And then 62 targets, which was actually less than what he was on pace for. And that gets him as my running back 11. I don't think I'm being unrealistic with his usage. I'm even, I downgraded his yards per attempt by a lot because he was at like 5.5 or something like that. The more sustainable. Yeah. The more attempts he has, he's going to get a lot lower. So I, I put that back down to, you know, what he can handle nine touchdowns. I mean, I do think maybe I'm being a little optimistic there. But I don't think Anderson is a a big boy who can snipe some of those. Yeah, he can definitely snipe some of them. But I just think Carrion Johnson's going to see the field enough. He's going to get the snaps. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Like I've said, he will see the rushing attempts. He just needs to stay healthy. And it's like all these guys we're talking about. They just need to stay healthy and they're going to be awesome. I love it. I am excited to see how this year shakes out. Because if I'm wrong about Carrion Johnson, that means that like I was still right. I I still love this guy. I just don't trust him. And I understand. Matt Patricia's the worst. I don't like him that much. But you know, I don't like him either. I'm, and if he ruins carry on for me, you'll never oh, forget him. He's going in my burn book. <laughs> he burned a lot of people last year, so that's why I'm kind of like interested in carry on because I feel like he burned a lot of people last year. Yet nobody has I really hopped off the Carrion Johnson train. See, I feel like a lot of people have. So he's still going relatively early in drafts, but he's going the latest you can for an elite running back, if that makes sense. Like, he's going behind Aaron Jones in a lot. He's going behind Marlon Mack. Not always, but this is like, people are deciding between these people and I think Carrion Johnson has the highest, highest ceiling by far out of everyone he's going around. That's fair. All right. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Go vote for me again. We're going to be posting who won this one, too. Carrion Johnson's a top of 12 running back. Whew. We have not uh, yet decided what the punishment should be. Maybe we'll leave, leave that up to our Twitter followers. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair, but I have a feeling they'll come up with some crazy things. But we'll, we'll leave it up to them Let's and, be see, reasonable, <laughs> and see what happens. But, All right. Um, well, before we head out for today, yeah. I think we should give a shout out to our awesome sponsor, Fantrax. Are you looking for a deeper fantasy experience that CBS, ESPN, and Yahoo can't afford to provide? Fantrax.com offers a variety of unique features that the big conglomerates don't. League customizations include fully customizable salary and contract options, cap hit penalties, custom point ranges for all sports, 200 teams per league, and you can even start your draft 365 days a year. So say it with me. If you are not playing your leagues on Fantrax.com, you are doing it wrong. Thank you to Fantrax for making this podcast possible. Vote for me, Kate, 
at FFBallBlast. No, no, no. Vote for me at BallBlastum, E-M, for Carrie Ann Johnson to be top 12. Don't make me do anything ridiculous. Carrie Ann Johnson make Kate, ain't going to be top 12. <laughs> make Kate do something crazy. Do something crazy. Come up with something good for us. Add us on Twitter. Please follow us. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a uh, nice little five-star review there on iTunes. Yeah, say something nice about us. Yeah. We'll, we, we like it. We deserve it. <laughs> we hope we do. Um, thank you again, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.